whatever your why is and whatever helps you stay locked in, you know, don't let it give you anxiety. Like, don't let it uh, make you like, you know, I really want this so bad. Da, da, da. No, that's that's negative energy. Like, of course, if you're by yourself and you're working out or something and you need to let it out, scream. But when you're in that moment, that's not the moment to do it because, you know, that moment, you know, you'll lose it if you do that. Woo! Welcome back to Mindset Win, the podcast from Red Bull that's all about developing a winning mental attitude. As regular listeners know, I'm Kate Courtney. And to those of you new to the show this week, welcome. Each week, Cedric Dumont and I hear from world-class athletes to understand the mental tools that help them achieve and sustain success. In today's episode, we're going to be exploring compartmentalization, It's a tool many professional athletes use, but it's one that should be used with caution. We'll be looking at practical exercises to help you manage emotions and compartmentalize safely and effectively when necessary. Today's guest is both a record-setting basketball player and a coach to the stars. Throughout his life, he's faced his fair share of challenges, but he's learned to use his emotions as fuel and compartmentalize them in critical, high-pressure moments. Importantly, his story shows us how compartmentalizing isn't just about ignoring your emotions. It's about understanding when and how to process them in a way that can be both healthy and productive. Today's guest is the incredible Chris Matthews. He started playing basketball in Washington, D.C. at the age of eight. His father, who noticed his extraordinary ability, nicknamed him Lethal Shooter. Chris's career as a professional basketball player took him all over the world. But in 2016, he realized how effective he could be as an NBA skills coach and made a major career transition. Since then, he's been committed to sharing his techniques with everyone, from NBA athletes to his 2.2 million Instagram followers. He's taught elite players like Kevin Serafin and Dwight Howard. And these days, he's often referred to as one of basketball's most sought-after shooting coaches. Hi, my name is Chris Matthews. A lot of people know me as Lethal Shooter, uh, NBA skills coach, and uh, like a mastermind of shooting. Growing up, my coaches did used to pull me out of games when I used to miss and put my head down. My coaches would always take me out of the game. Don't you ever put your head down. You're one of the best shooters in the nation. You know, you get back in there, you keep your head up, and you keep shooting that basketball. Because I did used to get, like, really frustrated. So I was really, really young. There was a boys and girls club championship game, and uh, I was playing really, really bad. Like, I was really, really nervous, shooting air balls, doing bad, real frustrated. And I, and I think I was yelling out loud. Like, to just cover it up that I was nervous, you know what I mean? And that's when Coach Jarrell was like, look, we don't care if you're missing. It's like, just don't be frustrated because you're going to mess the team up because we look up to what you do. So the second half of that game, I was just free. You know, I really wasn't frustrated at my mistakes, and I played great. I learned how to um, not bottle in the frustration because it can blow, but, like, to just use the frustration to get better. So, like, why am I frustrated? What can I do better next time to not get frustrated? That's something 
to this day still that I use with my clients and with myself because you know, it doesn't matter if you miss and there's 20,000 people in front of you. Just worry about the next shot. And, you know, if something negative does happen and you hold on to that as you're trying to do something positive, you know, they don't match very well. Before high school games, I realized when I didn't listen to like certain type of music, I played really good. You know what I mean? So I try to listen to like calm music, like just relax me. Um, I realized that like I couldn't eat a lot of food before my games. So it was like certain things that I was mentally getting myself ready for. And that's what you need to do. Like if you want to be great, you need to find out what helps you stay locked in. You know what I mean? And those were the things that I realized before games that helped me like don't overeat, listen to soothing music and work on just breathing and being calm. Because when I didn't control my breathing, I really played bad and I was nervous and I, I realized the anxiety can kick in. So whatever your why is and whatever helps you stay locked in, you know, don't let it give you anxiety. Like, don't let it uh, make you like, you know, I really want this so bad. No, that's that's negative energy. Like, of course, if you're by yourself and you're working out or something and you need to let it out, scream. You know what I mean? But when you're in that moment, that's not the moment to do it because, you know, that moment, you know, you'll lose it if you do that. Run the racks. When I was going around run the racks, I was really excited, like really like I, I don't show it but like my, my body just jumped out of my skin. You know what I mean? But I'm able to control those type of anxieties until it's done, if that makes sense. So like when it's done, let it out, you know, but when you're in the moment, you know, don't allow anxiety, don't allow those things. You have to have an even, a even balance. Some of the best people in the world, they're, they're great at what they do because when the big moment comes, they're able to block out everything. Because if you want to be great, you can't think about what you did in the past. You got to think about the present. my dad he didn't say stay locked in but just stay in focus you know what I mean like he was really big on me staying focused because he understood you know where I come from a lot of people you know they don't make it out successfully you know what I mean so he was just always on me hard and it was it was it was love but it was really aggressive and he had to do that you know what I mean so for him to just push me as hard as he pushed me to stay focused you know that's why the slogan stay locked in it didn't come from him but it's kind of like a push from his words to just you know it doesn't matter what's going on around you it doesn't matter if it's negative it doesn't matter if people are saying you can't make it it doesn't matter what's going on in the neighborhood it doesn't matter you need to focus on what you need to do for yourself I've been through so much that a lot of people don't know about and I had to do it in front of big crowds like I might be in a situation that somebody might have been killed around my neighborhood but the next day I got to go to school I got to uh, go play basketball. I can't go on the basketball court and just have a meltdown in front of everybody. But it's OK to have a meltdown by myself or with some friends to get over it. Yes. One of my best friends, his name was Idris. Uh, we grew up together our whole life. He uh, actually got killed. So what I usually do in workouts with Coach Nutt, I have to make 23 out of 25 to go to the next spot. So the next day I went to workouts and I couldn't even get to like five. So Coach Nuts is drilling me like, Ugh. so I'm like, you know, damn, like, g give me a break. And he was like, I understand what's going on, but you have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do this. You have to do that. So I would say about 30 minutes into the workout, I started getting back to myself where it was 23 out of 25 at each spot where I was shooting my jump shot. And that was a big moment for me because, like, you have to continue to keep moving forward. You don't have time to just sit in it for too long. The second you find yourself taking step back or, or staying in that grief, 
that's when it turns bad. That's when you go into a sunken place. But it's okay to grieve. You know what I mean? That's that's the way I deal with things. The way I deal with things, I go to the basketball court. I'll do certain activities. But if you want to grieve, cool. But understand, you got to get out of that to continue to move forward. My dad did a good job of talking to me about stuff like that. So my dad knew Idris. He helped raise Idris. Um, and so when situations like that happened, he did a good job of being there for me. It wasn't like, all right, move forward. No, it was like, do you need to talk? What's going on? Uh, uh, what's like, how do you feel? You know, my dad did a good job of getting me going. So when those situations happened with other friends that I grew up with, my dad was always there for me. Coach Nutt was always there for me to continue to tell me to keep moving forward so I could tell my story to the world so more kids won't be in those type of situations. You know what I mean? There's a time and place for everything. All the top people that me and you probably look up to or the people that's listening who they look up to, they do a good job of balling it up, but letting it out when it's needed good example is Muhammad Ali. When he got in the ring, he used that everybody was against him during that time to use that. So when I'm on the court, I just think about where I come from and, and who I'm doing this for. When it was time to cut on like that, that type of crazy tick, I have certain things that I ball it up to use at that moment because certain times you can't use that. You know what I mean? There's certain times in basketball and in life that you have to be calm, but there's certain times that you have to turn that kick on so you can use those certain type of things as motivation and positive influence to get you over the over the mountain. And that's what I do. Like I use certain things. I think about certain traumas or certain things that I went through in life that helped me to get where I am today. But, you know, if you're able to bottle up all these things and know what your end goal is and to control your mental, I mean, I think anybody can be successful. It's OK to let it out. It's OK to, you know what, I'm having a bad day. Let me go. Let me go for it. Let me go for a bike ride. Let me go for a drive. Let me let me call my grandma and just let her know, hey, I remember when we were six years old, like let those moments out, because if you let it out, it'll make your life that much better. See, this is what people understand about NBA guys. Somebody might shoot bad and a fan of like, oh, that person sucks. But they don't know the night before the person grandmother might have died. So I'll say to a client where a situation like happened, what's wrong? Man, this is what happened. Hey, man, I remember when blah, blah, blah happened to me. But you got a game. Like, you need to focus on this. You need to focus on that. Then after that game, you can think about that. But unfortunately, right now, you're, you're on the wood right now. And it's time to focus on the game. And sometimes when agencies or a team or the player wants to hire me, they're, they're asking me those questions. Like, how do you think we can get this person to go from 25% to 40%? So I'll watch film and I'll see what's distracting them. And then when I see him in person, I'll see what's distracting them. And all I'll do is take what I used to do wrong and give them what to do right, if that makes sense. So, you know, for me to be who I am, there's a certain type of focus that I have because of all the mistakes that I used to do with shooting. And now when it's time for me to be focused, that's when I just try to find peace in my mind, try and find peace in my breathing. And that's something that I really give to my clients. One of the things I found really interesting in listening to Chris speak was the level of self-awareness that shines through. Chris does not simply ignore his emotions in order to preserve his focus on the court. He becomes acutely aware of how he feels and how he can use those emotions in the most productive way possible. Whether that means letting them out in his performance or putting them aside to process later with a close loved one. I have certain things that I ball it up to use at that moment. 
When he is playing, Chris is able to put aside powerful emotions like frustration and grief to simply focus on his next shot. But as Chris's story reveals, this is a skill that he had to build. In order to remain focused and at his best on the court, Chris had to learn to push through and perform. But critically, he also had to create the space to express and process those emotions at the right time so he could truly move forward. For some people, compartmentalization is a natural response, maybe more of an unintentional defense mechanism that gets deployed subconsciously. You suppress or ignore the emotion to focus on the immediate task at hand. But in the long term, the effects of compartmentalizing can have unintended consequences if you never go back and process those strong emotions later. I can't go on the basketball court and just have a meltdown in front of everybody, but it's okay to have a meltdown by myself or with some friends to get over it, yes. Chris is extremely aware of what he needs to be at his best, especially in those high-stakes situations because it is in those moments that he is able to compartmentalize, to manage his emotions, and stay in his zone of optimal performance. Used in this way, it can be an asset in managing the inevitable stresses of life while maintaining the ability to perform under pressure. And it's not just to deal with painful feelings, like grief when his best friend died. It can also be used to put aside positive emotions, like his excitement at running the racks. What's even more incredible about Chris's process is that in moments of intense pressure, he's able to recall those strong emotions and use them to his advantage. But there's certain times that you have to turn that kick on so you can use those certain type of things as motivation. Central to Chris's approach is that he remains conscious of what he's feeling and makes a plan to let it out later. He talks about going for a bike ride, going for a drive, or just reminiscing over the phone with his grandma. These moments of self-care are so important to balance out the periods of intense focus. The point is not to just forget about something or get it out of your head completely. It is about becoming even more aware of what you are feeling and how you can best respond rather than react to those emotions. When used effectively and consciously, compartmentalization is a great technique that can help you stop, focus, and save those feelings for a time and place where you can truly process and address them. For some people, the ability to compartmentalize does not come naturally. So if that's you, I'm going to talk you through a technique that can help you refocus in crucial moments. You know how people always say, push it to one side or file that away? Well, it can be helpful to actually imagine doing that. Say you're about to sit down for an interview and you just saw an email in your inbox that elicited a lot of emotion. Maybe a huge bill or the news that you won an award. If you take that emotion with you, it might be a huge problem. You could seem distracted and uninterested, maybe even a little erratic. Those emotions will not be an asset in nailing your interview, and you won't have time to process them before you need to be at your best. So, what if you took just a moment to close your eyes and imagine a filing cabinet? 
put the bill or the award and the emotions you're feeling into a drawer of that filing cabinet. And now, imagine closing the drawer. It could be a box that you shut. It could be a cloud that you push off to one side. It could be writing it on an imaginary post-it note and pinning it to a board. Whatever works for you. This process of imagining filing it away can help you leave it for later so you can be totally present in that interview. And remember, this is not a magic bullet. You have to return to that filing cabinet after the interview, when you're with your friends or just feeling safe and comfortable at home. Revisit those feelings and let them out when you can start addressing them constructively. That's it for me for now. Let me know what you think of the series and what you'd like to see in the future by leaving me a message or a review. And don't forget to come back next time where we'll be hearing insights from more world-class athletes.